All right, hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode number 137. I'm still here with Rob Latham, and we're talking about shooting guns and doing other stuff good, too. That was a Zoolander reference. That was a Zoolander. Says, what, you, what kind of school is this, anyway? <laughs> a school for midgets? Or <laughs> I think he said for ants. Ants. That's ants. Right. It's ants. Oh, ants. I'm going to get in trouble for saying you're, midgets, aren't I? You're offensive. I, oh, I'll, I'll, God. I'll, I am just... I'll bleep the first one out, but I'll leave the second time you said midgets out. Yeah. Oh, my, it's ants. School for ants. <laughs> Uh, not funny the first time you watch it but the second and the hundredth time hilarious yeah the hundredth time you know because very few movies that are so bad we walk away memorizing so many lines like just a harmless little gas bite (laughs) (laughs) Rob Latham's so hot right now it's so hot right now oh that Rob Latham's oh the files are in the computer (laughs) (sighs) Uh, if if anybody's still listening um We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to start talking. I'm going to ask Rob a question. What separates the champions like himself from everyone else? We'll be right back. Primary Weapon Systems, or PWS, is a state-of-the-art machine shop in Boise, Idaho. PWS makes almost all their rifle components in-house, and the parts they don't make, they acquire from the highest quality manufacturers in the United States. The Mod 2 Series rifles from PWS are some of the most feature-rich ARs on the market. One of those features is the Mod 2 Enhanced Buffer Tube which has a ratchet lock design that eliminates the need for staking while providing a solid lockup with the ability to remove it easily in the future. Go take a look at primaryweapons.com. Primary Weapon Systems. Because it's time. So what separates the champions like yourself and everybody else who wants to be champions, Rob? Well, the next... Now, don't give me the super humble Rob Latham answer. No, no, there's no no humility to it. I'm phenomenally talented, uh, and I have excellent... Not vision anymore, but I did. I had, but I have excellent concentration. I'm very disciplined, which you would not know that about me. And I love doing it. So it's I will easy. say that you don't know when to be quiet because I've been around you a few times, oh, yeah. even some semi-formal <laughs> events, and and you're quite obnoxious. No, that's just my that's just the nature of me to put up to love me is to hate me. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, the the step, and I don't even it doesn't have to be me. It can be the group that wins at everything. It becomes a select little group, and the guys that are almost there always want to know either what they're missing, what they're not doing, what the small segment changes. And if you watch them, there's it's a bunch of little things, but it all starts off with with basically fundamental skill. Um, for whatever reason, some guys are fundamentally talented. You take a guy like Phil Strader who doesn't practice at all. I mean at all. I think it would hurt him to practice because he'd learn he's really not very good, and then that would make it hard for him. If, if you take someone like Phil, it's confidence in his ability to perform the things that he does know how to do. He's utterly confident, right? He's not wondering if he can do what he knows how to do because he doesn't have to think about it to do it. So we have that upper tier group has so many skills put to not only the subconscious level, but they've got – they do it right because you can do it wrong and – not get the same results, but they do the things right. They're able to control the gun really well. All of them hold the guns really well. Most of us can aim the guns really well, but all of us know how to operate the trigger quickly. But so they, those are mechanical techniques that I've seen lots and lots and of And when people. they do it wrong, they're only doing it wrong a little bit. Right. Well, that's the difference. We all make the same mistakes, but the best shooters have much lower it's, – it's less frequent – 
and less severe when they make a mistake. So when they screw up, they don't do it very often and they don't do it very badly. So their error level is much lower than the next guy down because the, the group that's right below, the guys that are fighting to break into that upper tier, fundamentally understand the information well enough and they fundamentally can perform the skill most of the time. But they can't usually perform the skill under pressure as reliably as somebody who, who as somebody that's winning. I mean, there's not a nice way of putting it. There's, there's a factor of skill involved in all of this. And unfortunately for everybody listening out there, some guys are going to be better than others or girls. There I am. I'm not only picking on the little people. I'm picking on I'm a sexist too. It sounds like, wow, it's just terrible about me. Anyway, uh, so the steps that, that you need to, to, to understand is we work constantly on our skills, but we there's various levels of the skills we work on. For instance, when I practice, just to give you an understanding, I have two modes of practice. One is an implanting of a reliable technique that I can cause to happen repeatedly with very little effort. Then the next part of it is the part where I push to try to understand where the where the wall is to understand where I fall off the fence when I crash and I only spend enough time there to find out if there's a place where I can gain a dramatic amount compared to what my consistency level is and the average guy won't understand what I'm talking about because when he practices he's pushing every single time and every every shot he fires is to try to be as fast as possible and as a rule uh, hardly ever – I never get to shoot as fast as I can. I am always shooting a percentage of my ultimate operational limits every time I shoot. When you and shoot, shoot as fast as you can, are you saying pull the trigger as fast as you can or as fast yes. as you can with the level of precision that's required for right. whatever stage right. you're shooting? See, so I, that's, that's good. I'll, here's the way I explain it to somebody. There's an operational limit to how fast I can do something. Let's say, uh, for instance, uh, today I was shooting six shots at a, at a USPSA target at 50 yards. And the time limit I was shooting under was eight seconds trying to get the best hits I could in that time. And I cleaned it quite a few times. But if I wanted to know how fast I could shoot that target, the first thing I have to establish is what my – is what my theoretical operational limit is. So it's it's the same as absolute zero or right now we consider the speed of light as the fastest moving object would be light. Uh, there's no – right, exactly. There's no way to go faster than that because that's the fastest thing that we understand, whether there is something faster or not. And let's just go with what we understand. In our so current understanding of physics. Exactly. In our current understanding of physics. The fastest thing goes is the speed of light. So I need to find out what the speed of light is. So for me, I would draw and shoot six shots at that target as fast as I possibly could. Now, I'm not trying to miss it, but I'm not trying to make sure I hit it because that's something else. I need to see what my operational limit is. And I could probably draw and shoot six shots at a target so the distance wouldn't actually matter because I'm shooting exactly the same. And let's, let's just say 1. I don't know, 6 seconds. Let's say 1.6 seconds. So if I can shoot at that target six shots in 1.6 seconds – I'm never going to hit the target doing that. I'm, I say never because it would be so unreliable that it wouldn't matter. So I then want to know if what my target is, is the whole target, how fast can I hit it? And let's say I can hit it in three seconds. So fundamentally, I can draw and shoot six shots and have them all hit the target in three seconds. Well, they're not going to be all A's or C's, but I'm going to hit the target. And I might one out of 
30 times hit all A's, but it's unlikely. But I now have a, a, a percentage of what my fastest ability is compared to what my theoretical speed limit is. And that would be 50%, right? If I can draw and shoot the shots, a perfect run for me would then be 50% of what my theoretical limit is. So I don't worry about what the 100% is. I don't really care what my theoretical limit is. I'm always trying to increase what my actual ability to perform level is and get the score that I'm looking for compared to the theoretical limit. And most drills, the best I can ever shoot is somewhere in the 60%. The harder the shots are, the lower your percentage will be. The easier the shots are, the faster your percentage is. Because if I put that target at uh, seven yards instead of 50 yards, my 1.5 seconds is still my theoretical limit because that's that's still my operational speed limit. I can't just can't do it any faster than that. But I can probably hit the target in the A zone at seven yards uh, probably in two seconds almost all the time now. So then – my let's see what got my phone right here. What is that? I'm not a numbers guy. Uh, so if we do, yeah, one, I got it right now. One divided by so it's one point. We we'll use one point. I said one point six, didn't I? One point six, and it take. I can do it all the time in two. So it's one point six divided by two. So eighty percent on that drill, I can shoot it right at eighty percent reliably. That's really high. So, of course, a fire, depending on the difficulty of the shots and the amount of movement, is always going to, of course, change what that percentage is. But I never get to shoot 100%, ever. I'm not even trying to shoot 100%. I'm trying to shoot as high a percentage of 100% because 100% for me doesn't represent that's the best run I can do. That is a percentage of the best theoretical run. So today my, my best run might be 80%, but maybe tomorrow it's 81%. If I keep increasing my skill level, maybe I can keep bumping it up. But then, of course, my theoretical one might actually move up too. So it's kind of a, a moving target. So when I'm training, I'm trying to increase that percentage. And the top guys understand it's not about speed and accuracy. It's about score. I'm trying to shoot the highest score that I can. And sometimes I will sacrifice precision to gain speed. I'd much rather – sometimes in a match, there will be courses of fire where you go like, well, it's just not worth trying to hit the target in the middle because it takes so long that I may as well just shoot it fast and take the penalty for it. And there will be other shots that are so easy. You're like, well, I can't gain enough speed by going fast to overcome the amount of points I'm going to drop because I won't shoot it much faster inaccurately than I would accurately. So these are the things that the top shooters all know. So <clears throat> they may not be able to explain it in that manner, but what they can do is look at a course of fire <clears throat> and they'll know exactly what they'll use to determine how fast they'll shoot. Now, this is where we get all screwed up because the guy's going to say, okay, so at this point, I just need to never fire a shot without seeing a, a clear sight picture. I'm like, okay, I won't disagree with that, but I can argue all day what a clear sight picture actually means. Somebody listening to that goes like, okay, so I can never fire a shot without seeing the front sight in focus. <clears throat> that guy's never going to get it because he's, he's chasing the wrong, you know, he's, he's gone down the wrong, the wrong rabbit hole. Wow. But, right. but if you didn't yeah. hear me talking in there, I was turning off my alarm because I had a nerd alert <laughs> going on with all that math and percentages and theoretical and everything else. So, 
but anyway, so that's a thing I do that I use to, to track where I'm at. But the real difference between the top level guys and the guys that are almost there is their ability to perform a very high percentage of their, how should we say this? Let's say in practice, I can shoot 80% on that in a match. I could probably shoot 75 or 80% of that. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back, and we're going to talk about recording data so you can actually gauge where you're at and if you're improving. In the 1911 world, there's Nighthawk Custom, and then there's everyone else. Nighthawk Custom makes the highest in quality 1911, under the motto, One Gun, One Gunsmith. Each 1911 is handmade with each part fitted by one gunsmith from start to finish. Nighthawk Custom is giving away one of their custom 1911s every 90 days this year. All you need to do to register is visit www.nighthawkcustom.com forward slash gunfightercast and sign up. All right, welcome back. Rob, you mentioned that you pretty much track everything and even down to small percentages. Why do you think it's important for a shooter who's trying to get better to actually record data and not just say, hey, I shot most of my shots in there. I was good today. Because I need to know where I need to work. Um, the reason I do it, and the reason I would recommend someone else keep track of some of this kind of data is so that the guy goes, well, I, most people come off and they simplify it as I need to be more accurate and I need to be faster. The problem is it's always a balance between the two. It's all about score. It's not about speed or accuracy. It's about score. So since what you're trying to, to develop is the highest level score, you have to keep track of what you're doing and the score that it creates so you know what to improve. Um, some guys are slow and cannot gain much by being more accurate, so they have to go faster. And another guy will be really, really fast, but is unreliable on hitting the targets. So speed is not going to is not going to be the factor that helps him the most. But the funny part is the easiest way to affect accuracy is to give up accuracy. So the guy thinks he's got to go faster. And you do, but the easiest way to go faster is to stop trying to be so damn precise. And for the guy that's being super, super fast, he says, well, I need to slow down. I said, no, you don't need to slow down. You always want to shoot it as fast as you can, but we need to change what your standard or your expectation is for the quality of the shot and therefore try to get more precision out of it. And that will probably result in you being slower. Maybe yes, maybe no. But the process shouldn't be to slow down because let's say you're shooting crappy because you can't shoot well. And you say, well, I need to slow down and shoot better. Well, that means you're going to shoot slow and crappy instead of fast and crappy. And neither one's going to give you much of a, an improvement in score. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to learn what do I do, need to do. So I do constant checks. I shoot groups all the time. I shoot long shots. I shoot fast shots. I shoot medium. I do reload strong hand weekend so that I'm keeping track of where I'm struggling at any given time. And the best place to be is when you come away from a, a very good practice, like today I shot freestyle stronghand weekend and with reloads and draws, and I came away going like, okay, nothing real weak today, but everything could be better. That's a great place to be. Are you writing all these oh. down, like all your times no. and data and everything else? No, no. I usually write them on a target when I leave after I look at them and I analyze because uh, I only use the information. <clears throat> to, yes, I do write it down while I'm on the range because then I analyze the changes and go like, okay, well, obviously I'm struggling here with some precision. And then the next time I come out, I'm going to set up something that pushes towards a direction where I was, I feel I would had the most to gain, the most, uh, uh, where I was weakest. And then that's what I practice. I hardly ever do. I probably, I probably never go out and shoot something that I do just for fun. 
you know, it's like, oh, it's fun to just go shoot real fast and I'll do this and this and this. It's always what entertains me is, is improvement and performance. Is it just the gun going off in my hand? I know somebody doesn't shoot very often. It's like, oh, I just love to get out and shoot. Well, I do too, but I've got to have, I got to have some, I got to get something out of it. You know? yeah, I've got my, my thing is learning and getting better yeah. and growing and, and right. seeing an improvement somewhere. They, I'll go home. People, friends will be like, oh man, you want to come out and shoot with us? Yeah, probably not. You know, yeah. I love you guys, but I going and hanging out in the range is and just shooting is is not really my idea of a good time. Now, if right. we're, we're going to sweat a little bit and I'm going to get pushed and I'm going to uh, work on something or improve something, then yeah, let's go do that. You know, it's just it's not that I'm, I'm being bougie or anything. It's just I don't really get enjoyment out of just going out and shooting. Just not me either. I'm exactly the same place at this point. I'm 56 years old and I've been shooting. Uh, weekly since I was probably I don't know, 15 years old. So, I mean, I, that's what I did every weekend. When I was shooting, it's all I ever wanted to do. And I managed to love the process of shooting. But even back then, especially when ammunition was very limited, uh, it wasn't about going out and making empty brass. I mean, that was never what it was about. It was always about trying to trying to hit something. And then, and then after I got up into competition, it was never about just hitting things it was how fast could you hit things and then that throws a whole different variation in it you know what's a good enough hit and how fast can you go and that's that's a sliding scale that doesn't have it's like it doesn't have an endpoint because you could always be a little faster or you could always be a little more accurate or both so i love that about competition but every time i go out there that that has to be there has to be a goal eh, not a goal there has to be something learned when i was out there even if it's bad even when I go out there and have a bad day and I can't hit crap or I'm slow or clumsy or whatever, I need to know that happens because I need to be able to mitigate that in a time of importance and still survive the situation. For me, survive the situation is still be competitive in the match. So I've got to find the hardest thing is to find out how when you're not shooting real well to, to limit the damage. And, you know, one side is to say, oh, what the hell, I'm not shooting good today. I'll just hang it out and hope for the best. Well, that always it's in disaster. And when you're done, you're worse than you would have been. So at that point, I'm trying to limit the, limit the damage, something like that. We're going to take our last break and come right back. And my last question for Rob is going to be on some different tips that are going to help you out of the range, become a better shooter. This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase. All right, welcome back. Let's say I compete locally in IDPA and USPSA, um, and I want to get better. And I can go out to the range, and I can shoot, and I can pretty much do whatever I want on that range. What would you tell me to do if you were my personal trainer? Well, first I'd have to see what you do to see where your weaknesses are. What your, I shouldn't even say weaknesses. Well, how can some, they some, find their weaknesses? Right. How do, you, how do you locate your weaknesses? Well, the best place is to go to a match. A match is not a place for you to practice or train or try to 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 instant institute a change because uh, you don't shoot enough repetitions or enough rounds in a match, even a big match, to be able to learn any, or to be able to ch- create a change or, or instigate a change. So what you do is you go shoot a match and then come away from the match and know two things: know a thing you didn't see well enough and know a thing you didn't feel well enough. Because if I come back from the match and go like, man, I just wasn't 
seeing anything going on. Okay, well, there's a vision issue you can work on. And if you come back and go, like, I just never felt the trigger and I never felt like I was reloading well, I didn't feel like I was moving well, you're giving yourself a feel-oriented one. Then identify a specific problem and say, okay, well, the, 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 the course ones are going to be I was slow or I was inaccurate. Everybody's going to come off with one of those two as being the overriding factor that affected their performance. You come away from the match going like, oh, I shot 15 extra shots today and uh, dropped a lot of points, way more than I should have. Okay, well, when I go to the practice range, now I know exactly what I have to work on. Now, if I go out and set up something that's entertaining for me to shoot and it doesn't address my weaknesses – then you're not going to make any improvements anyway. So that's an issue there. But if you truly want to make a, an improvement in your shooting, identify what it's going to be and always make it harder on yourself than it needs to be. So if you're shooting local matches, like locally here in Arizona, most of our matches, I would say in an Ipsic match, our targets are an average of seven or 10 yards, maybe a few targets any further than that with a few no-shoots. So the difficulty level as far as, Accuracy is very, very low, but that makes the difficulty level for speed very, very high. But you go to the U.S. Nationals, and it's exactly the opposite. We still shoot hellaciously fast, but now the difficulty level, an average target, is 15 or 18 yards, and there's no shoots on them. And there are targets at 40 and 50 yards. So immediately you have to realize, well, if you go to that match and say, I don't know if I can hit that target, well, you just identified what you have to work on. Because if you don't have the confidence to be able to hit those targets right off the bat, then it's unlikely you're going to because you may not know how to do it. So then you have to identify what you're going to work on. If you're slow, you come away from the match and say, well, y'all hardly ever drop any points. That's great if you're fast. But if you're slow as hell, then you've got to say, how do I trade some of those points for some time? Because the goal is score. It's always score. So take the matches, shoot the match. You have to shoot matches. Because you have to be able – or you can test yourself. You can run yourself on a match, but nobody does because you go out and say, I'm going to make a match run right now, and you screw it up and be like, oh, I'll do it again. Well, on a match, you wouldn't have gone on overs. So go look at the match and, and go to the match and, and, and identify. Go look at your results and say, wow, on that stage with a bunch of hard shots, I was really slow. So then you go like, I need to work on speed for difficult shots. So now you not only identified an accuracy and a speed related element, you've defined it into a specific item. So when there's a when there's hardcover no shoot out there, I don't know how to make the shot. I'm can I'm not sure I know what to see and I'm not sure I know what to feel or how to do it. There's a specific thing. And if you'll keep track of the elements like that, you'll then go to the range and you'll work on fundamental things. The first thing everybody needs to work on is controlling the gun. And I don't care who you are, everybody can benefit from controlling the gun better. When do you put the recoil control impulses in? When don't you? Do you know how when the shot's really hard to let the gun kick and feel the trigger pull? Do you know when the shot's really hard? Do you know how to make a nice clean sight picture? Do you know when it's fast? How to just stick the gun on the target and fire with a coarse sight picture? So all those things are the things I practice. So I really kind of think that the individual – has to be first off you have to be really honest with yourself you know if you're sucking at something uh, dodging that and, and not working on it is never going to improve or never you're never going to improve that element so you have to walk away with something specific and not say well i'm i'm suffering with my accuracy so i'm going to go shoot bullseye that's not gonna it's the wrong application you're going to need to learn how under pressure when shooting fast to increase your level of accuracy so that you don't miss 
And then the next step is how do I turn in hits into season A's? And then the next step is how do I turn C's into A's? So that's, that's the periodic steps. As far as drills go, uh, just make them harder than what you expect to have to do under pressure. If you make it harder, both time and difficulty of shots, and learn how to do that, when you get to a match, you go, oh, shit, this is easy. Shoot those little that's mini targets. They're so easy. <clears throat> Yeah, I shoot those all the time. I have little poppers that I use constantly. That's the best target to shoot at. They suck. <laughs> yeah, Rob, where where can uh, people find you? And maybe if you have a schedule for classes, I know you don't do a whole lot of stuff for individuals or new shooters. I know you do some competitive stuff, but I, I would like to come spend some time with you on the range and and let you help me be a better shooter. So, where can we uh, send the listeners? Well, you're super special. You can just come over and shoot anytime you want. However, um, I have a website. It's roblatham.com. Uh, oddly enough, my ego must see my name, you know, written there. Um, <clears throat> that Sorry, my the company's case, name Shell Strategies. Just, <laughs> it's got to be, man. Um, if I don't love myself, who can love me enough to make me happy, right? Um, I've met if, her, and she's very yeah. nice. She is awesome. And a good shooter. Yes, and a great shot. Um, if, if you – to try to get any classes, uh, this year I'm not sure I haven't had any over the winter because the schedule has been so busy with other things. You know, my Unfortunately, my priority is always uh, – one is national championships. Second is my, uh, my work for Springfield Armory. And then after that, uh, it, it turns into classes and it's just gotten so busy doing other things. That I'll have some classes later in the year. I know I'm doing a class with Larry Vickers sometime late in the year, and I'm setting up another one to do with Steve Tarani. Uh, and there'll be a few, but I don't do them over the summer because I'm old and lazy, and I don't like working the summer in Arizona. So you can go to the website. Anything that's going to happen is going to be posted there, but it won't be till later in the year if anything happens right away. So or nothing happen right away. So. Unfortunately, unfortunately, listen to your podcast. Is the best way to get any information out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Springfield Armory, uh, they are about to launch a new product that I cannot discuss right now. But in the next, I have episode, no, yeah, no yeah. knowledge of what you're even talking. I don't even know what you're talking. In the next episode <laughs> of Gunfighter Cast, uh, I will be discussing that new product. And uh, if you don't catch that episode, you will see it at the beginning of the NRA annual meetings and exhibits. Uh, that will be held in Atlanta this year. Um, yeah. Rob, thanks a lot for taking or, the time. No, not Orlando. <laughs> Didn't I say Atlanta? The, you said Orlando, I thought. Oh, maybe I did. I don't I don't know. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Don't People don't go to Orlando. It'll be in Atlanta. It'll be in Atlanta. It's Atlanta. You might have said Atlanta, but maybe I heard it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, thank you for uh, for taking the time. Um, and, and hanging out and uh, passing on some of that information to me and, and uh, my audience out here. Comfortercast out. <laughs>